This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. But I want to read to you real quick a part of the passage that I read this morning, adding a little bit to it, the, the passage, adding a little bit to it, and then reading another passage. We'll start in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the 12th verse is where I want to start tonight. Awesome. What an awesome. You know, you have the best sound audio video team. Uh, I mean, they are, you know, they're 1%. I mean, they're amazing. Your worship team, that's 1%. You don't find that everywhere. I mean, that was like being at Bethel tonight, dude. That was rocking. Amazing. And they do it because they love, not just because they want to perform. Man, they love Jesus. You can see it in them, man. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the 12th verse says this, For now we have but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries, as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now. But one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. Now I want to go to 2 Kings real quick, the fifth chapter. If you got that in your word, it's 2 Kings. It's right after 1 Kings, if you're looking for it, <laughs> if that helps anybody out. <laughs> I just, okay, okay, let's get back to preaching. I'll keep my day job here. The first verse says in the fifth chapter, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also, and I need you to hear this, by, that, by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. Now this isn't Israel we're talking about. And this isn't somebody walking with Israel that God actually used and blessed somebody that wasn't necessarily his children. I, mean, I, I don't want to mess with your theology too bad. Okay, yeah, I want to really mess up your theology. God loves people other than us Christians. He uses people other than us Christians. Now, he wants to make us all Christians, but he still uses us even before we're Christians sometimes. Loves us. And has attributes in us that are faithful and honorable and blessing. It's why we don't judge the world. Because if God's made them honorable and, 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 and all these things that he says about them, then who am I to judge them as just not being a believer yet? The Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. Everybody say waited. I want you to cue in on that a little bit later. She waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would to God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, which is where Israel was basically in in that time frame. For he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness and mercy, God. And Father, in this brief amount of time, Lord God, I ask that you allow us to share your word in a way that you desire. 
Father, to do your will, Lord God, and to bring your heart to this people. Father, heart to this people about all the people around them, about themselves, Lord God, where they are, Lord God, and those they interact with every day, that you would make, Father, decisions in us towards your will and your glory. We love you, Lord. Father, do as you will. Let us hide behind the cross. And Father, you come forward, Father, in the, in the name of Jesus, and you love your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Now, this story, as I've already started to incline into it some, this story is, is, is about a dude named Naaman. And he's not just anybody. Naaman is a general. Naaman is a warrior that has great honor. He's a man of valor. He's not a nobody. If he has a, if he's doing jujitsu, uh, he's got the black belt and it's got all the tassels on it or whatever the deal. If he's a Roman soldier, then he's got all the patches and the, and the insignias and his shield's got all the emblems. If, if, he's a, if he's a soldier in your army here, he's got all the little badges and ribbons. He is bad to the bone. Naaman is not nobody. He is somebody in his world. In his world, he's a great man of valor, a great man of honor. And the word even says that he must be great in the kingdom of God or to God because God used him to deliver Syria. He's called a great man of valor in the scripture, even though he's not somebody that serves Jehovah the Lord God. But he's a good man. He's somebody that God's wanting to reach today, wanting to love on, wanting to change them, wanting to put into them. He's all these great things, and man, there's great people all around you. I want you to start to notice day by day the great people that are around you. I don't want you to notice the, 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 the Christians and the non-Christians, the sinners and the non-sinners. I want you to start to notice the great people that are around you. I want you to start to notice people that God have made loving, people that God have made sweet in the presence that they are. They're positive people. They've got, they've got a spirit about them that's amazing. They're just excellent at who they are. God wants those people he wants to bless them he wants to add to them the rest of what they need to be they need his son they need the lordship of Jesus Christ in their life because just being what they are won't save them and it's a shame for anybody to go to heaven I mean to go to hell it's a shame especially when you look at it and say but he was a good man it's a shame and Naaman is this good man. And all the good he is, there's a but. You know there's always a but. And you know most of them stink. <laughs> okay, I'm just think my day job. There's always a but. You know what but means? Really, it, it, uh, grammatically, when you see but in a sentence, it means everything that came before it don't count. He was a great man of valor. Oh, he does all these things. But, in other words, forget all that. Wipe it out. It really don't count anymore. He was a leper. You know, life throws some amazing butts at us. There's people around this room that you might not, you, 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 you might um, be somebody that walks in the Lord. I mean, since you're a Christian today, the enemy's got a butt to reason. But he's got an addiction to pornography. 
He loves Jesus Christ. He loves the Lord. But but he, he, he can't he can't stop cussing. His his, his language is, is is filthy, and it kind of keeps him back. But he 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 he's this or or she that or she's got this problem or that situation. We have buts all the time in our life. Guess what? Buts don't qualify disqualify us from God moving on our behalf. Man, I need to say that again. Buts don't disqualify you. But he had a failure. But he he had a divorce. But he or she had an affair. But this happened. But that, but this, but all these things. Buts don't. <coughs> don't. Thank you so much. <laughs> Our amazing sound team is going to try to keep my coughs out of the deal. So did you see they were there? They were like, <laughs> You got their finger on the mute button, man. It's ready to go. I'm going to try to give you a little bit. That one just came, brother. It was just rolling. Butts don't disqualify you. Stop letting the butts of your life disqualify you. But I used to be this in my past. I can't be used by God. But this, used, this is where my family comes from. But this is my history. All these butts we think disqualify us. They actually qualify him for this story. They qualify him for a move of God. They qualify him for God to do something. The but actually is why he's in the story. If there wasn't a but there, we probably wouldn't be doing this right now. Don't let the buts disqualify you. Quit letting the buts disqualify the people that are around you. But he's a homosexual, so I, you know, I can't really talk to him. Oh, kiss my butt. <laughs> Go love somebody. But he's homeless, so it means he might be wanting. I, so if you got, look, if, if somebody's got a $20 need and you got 20 bucks in your pocket, quit praying. Meet the need. Touch somebody's life. Love people where they are. Quit letting the butts disqualify you and disqualify the other people that you're supposed to reach out to. But he was a leper. Oh, golly, I love this next part. Because everywhere God's got a but, uh, everywhere the enemy's got a but, God's got an and. You know that? Everywhere the devil's got a but, God's got an and. Because the scripture says here, I need to go back and find it in the spot. Uh, and the Syrians, in the second verse, and the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away a captive out of the land, a little maid. Even though there was a but, he was a leper, God has an and in the scene. You know what and means? It continues on. Even though this is there, this not death. Even though this is there, it's not over. Even though he's a leper, it's not through. Even though this is on that spot, I'm not finished. There's more to say. When God puts an and in after the devil's butt, it means he's not finished yet. But he was a leper. And I'm not singing either tonight. That's no. And the Syrians had raided Israel, had raided Israel, had raided the people of God, had went through the area and had brought out a little maid and brought her back to their land. Wow. They brought back a little maid. 
You know, God loves to use little people that got little faith. The, the woman that had the, had the pot of oil, what she said, I just have a little bit of an oil. And what did he do? He used it. He poured it till it wouldn't stop. God loves to use little people that have little lives or little testimonies or little things. They're not big, great, grandiose. He's ready to use little things. And there was a little maid. And you know what it says? It says, and the maid, the little maid, it says, and, continuing on again, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Oh, golly, that's where I got to talk to the church. Because normally when we walk through circumstances, normally when we walk through situations, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, it was scary, wasn't it? It was more scarier doing it. Way more scarier doing it. I was like, Father, I mean, oh, I'm going to land. i got to land just right. Whew, okay, I did it. I got you laughing, brother. Come on now, come on, come on now. Come on now, I got you laughing, I got you laughing. Come on now, come on now, come on now. You know, you know, you were seeing me dive. I know you were like, face plant was all over your mind. It says, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Come on, church, I need you to hear me. We all of a sudden get captured by somebody. We get taken by somebody, taken by somebody. And what do we normally do? We normally refuse to do anything. We sit down and just suck our thumbs and say, God, when will you deliver us? When will you get me out of this problem with these people? When will you get me away from this circumstance? When will you stop this thing that's coming at me? When will you heal this problem? God, I'm now in a situation in a shape that's bad. I'm in a bad place today. I mean, God, I can't serve under these conditions. I can't do this spot. God's saying, I put you there to serve in that spot. I created the place for you to be. And I didn't create wimps. I didn't create somebody who could give up at anything. My son died for you on a cross. I created warriors today. They're not going to give in when society wants to turn them the wrong direction. When the government wants to speak against something. When somebody else wants to say run, they're not going to run. They're not going to stop loving where they are. She waited on Naaman's wife. She waited. Oh my goodness. Pastor, how the word comes to me. What does it say in the scripture? It says, and they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's time to get some waiting going on again. It's time to let waiting start to happen in our life. I'm not going to just run from the circumstance. I'm going to wait on the Lord a little bit right here. I'm going to sit in the spot, and rather than complaining and begging to be out of it, rather than cursing the situation, I'm going to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. He is faithful. He's got me here for a reason. Now, God, who do you want me to bring out? Who do you want me to deliver? Who do you want me to change? What do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me to go? God, what do you want today? I'm waiting on you. They that wait on the Lord. So you might be in a spot right now that you don't know how you got there. God, why did I end up in this spot, in this place? You know what? Psalms chapter 63 says this. He sets the solitary in families to bring out those that are bound with chains. Those that are different solitary in a situation. God puts you there not to punish you. He puts you in that spot not to, to berate you, not to get rid of you or hurt you. He puts you there so that you could bring out those that are bound with chains. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
many times we get into the bad spot. Oh, Father, just oh, please, you got to deliver me. I can't work with these heathens. I can't do this spot. God, no, you got to deliver us from this situation. God, no. And God's like, I'll put you in there to deliver them from the situation. Stop asking me to deliver you from it. Trust me, I put you there. She waited on Naaman's wife. I need to encourage some people in the house right now. God's got you in some spots you need to wait. You need to stop trying to run from circumstances. And you need to wait. You might be in a situation, in a marriage that seems troubled. And there's no way you should stay saved, married to this man. But God might be telling you to wait right now. I'm not speaking to every circumstance and situation because I believe there are some that you probably should say, I got to go. But you go when you know the Lord's told you to go. I watched my mother stay married to an unsaved man for 50 years before he came to Christ. My father moved away when I was about 12 years old. He came back, I guess, when I was about 23, 22 years old. My mother stayed married to him. She refused to divorce my father. People used to tell my mom, divorce him. You need to leave him. You need to be done. You need to go in the other direction. My mom said, no, I'm believing we're going to be saved. I'm believing. I'm believing. I'm believing. There were times that my mother had to take uh, me, and we had to go live at somebody's house for another week or two because things just weren't good. But my mother never quit. My 90-year-old mother taught me faith, fullness, not just faith. She waited on my father. And when my father was 69 years old, about six, seven years after he came back, my father gave his heart and Lord life to, his heart and life to Jesus Christ. If she wouldn't have waited, my father might not be in heaven today. She waited on him. God wants you to wait. I've got to tell you that. He wants you to persevere for people. He wants you to go where no one else is willing to go. He wants you to do where no one else is willing to do. He trusts you. That's why he puts you in the, do you hear me? He trusts, I know you trust him, but he trusts you is why he put you there. For you to do what you need to do. I was just a, a boy, a teenager, and I can't see that clock anymore. I'm sorry. Six, seven. Thank you. <laughs> They're going to put a new clock right here on this wall just for me. <laughs> Notes. <laughs> I was just a boy when I moved into the caravan park that I grew up in. Grew up in a little caravan park, and the guy who owned the caravan park, his son became my best friend. We were close. We were good friends. We were, we were it in 10 years old. What can you be at 10 years old? We, we went to school, junior high. We rivalry. We played ball every afternoon. We raced. We had a good time. His daddy owned the little caravan park, and, and we just hung out when we got back from school. As we grew up, we... We, we, we didn't, and when, when we were kids, he went to camp with me, the Church of God 
camp that I was a part of, and he gave his life to Christ, and I watched him get saved, and I watched him give his life to Jesus, and we had this great time, and then we got a little older, and all the things of the world and the trappings that the enemy designed for him kind of pulled him away and pulled him another direction, and he was my best friend, though. And even though people said, hey, you know, he's walking the other way, you need to, you need to not, you need to separate yourself. I said, no, I can't say that's my best friend. He lives in the park that I live in, and we go to school, and I love him more than I love just about anybody on this earth. He's my, he's my friend. And then he got saved, rededicated his life at about 15 years old, and we would go to prayer meeting together in our youth group and different stuff like that. And then once again, the trappings of this world came in. And when the trappings of this world came in, they kind of took him away again. They, he, he fell back from the Lord, and he, 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 had, he had a pretty good bit of money, and he, he wasn't a poor kid. He was always, he was always blessed finances-wise. You know, he was a worker. He could make money any kind of way you could name. And because of all those things, he was the coolest kid around. He was the coolest kid, that, coolest kid in school. Everybody wanted to be him or be with him. Toughest kid in school. I knew nobody battered a bone than him. All the girls wanted to be with him. And he had a different girl under his arm and with him every day, all the time. He always had the women. He always had the money. He always had the clothes. He always had the things. And we graduated, and he kind of took his own path walking the direction that he walked. And people told me once again, hey, you know, he's just kind of out, he's wild, and you know, he, he does this and that, and, and you don't need to run with him, and I said, no, no, but that's my friend, I can't give up on my friend, I can't stop loving my friend, it does, I don't care what he does, he's my friend, I don't care what he does, God put me with him 10 years ago, and the only choice that I got to do is change him, I don't have any other choices, is to be with him until he changes, not even change him, just walk with him, I didn't preach at him, I didn't do any other things, I didn't run any other way. I just loved my friend. And we went through marriages and we went through different cities. I watched him through a couple of different marriages in different stages of life and different places that he walked in. And I watched all the circumstances that he started to roll his life in. And it got farther and farther. I would go over to his house when I was in my 30s and in my 40s. And, and I would be there. And it meant he, 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 he always had a drink in his hand. And he had situations that affected him with alcohol. And, and there were drugs in the scene. And, 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 and the people around would sometimes be drunk and be And I don't recommend this for everybody. I know the faith that I I have in Christ. I know who I am. I know I want to walk. And God's been working on me since I was a child. It's why he wants to build a firm foundation in you so you can stand any storm with any person in any situation and not have to run. It's why you have your children there early. So you ain't got to run from death, hell, sin, and the devil. You can stand and look in the face and say, I love you. And I watched him. I would get through those times that he was drinking. Everybody would be drunk around, and he would say, let me just tell you, this guy right here, Warren, this is a real Christian. He's never judged me. He's never done this. And then all of a sudden, all these drunk people would be around going, hey, let me tell you my problems. I'm like counseling drunk people. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And I just loved my buddy, loved him, and then watched it walk off another way. And it went, and it went, and it went. And it went all the way to the spot. See if I can do this. It went all the way to the spot that as it got there, 
35, 36, 37 years of friendship. Last February, that gentleman called me. My nickname's Worm. That's what I was called in the caravan Parker grew up in, Worm. He said, Worm. He said, I'm ready, man. I said, what do you mean you're ready? He said, I'm tired of this other life. And I've watched you long enough, and I've watched these other things, and you've never judged me. He said, I'm ready. He said, will you pray with me to receive Christ? Because I'm just done. I'm done. I prayed with him to receive Christ. And he goes, will you do this? Whoever your best disciple is, the best, I know you're busy and you got stuff happening, but will you send your best disciple to live with me for about a week and just pray with me and teach me the word and show me God's word and show me how to pray and show me what I need to do? I said, man, of course, and I sent the best that I had, flew him down there. He stayed with him a week. That was a year and a half ago, February of last year. To this point, he's probably led 50 other men to the Lord. He's leading the biggest Bible study that's in his church right now. He's just gotten ordained to start doing little simple things and stuff around that God could use him in. His wife and him are in this beautiful marriage that's done this amazing thing that's going around. And you know what it took? It only took this. It only took 37 years. Years. 37 years of just loving somebody. I didn't preach at him. I didn't share scriptures. He knew it all. He knew his state. He knew his place. But I was willing to wait. And my best friend in the world that would fight hell for me. He would have fought it when he was unsaved. He would have have beat anything down on my behalf. Now fights hell beside me because I was willing to wait. Willing to wait to watch what God would do in someone's life. I didn't run from him. I didn't run from the scene. I trusted the Lord to make what he wanted. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.